You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always in the captain's chair, it's your boy, DJ Ben-Amin, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, Twistin' Owls the Third. A professor and Mary Jane, Blart Bent, Buzz Outchia, Method Man Splaining. <laughs> I think I will be Negro Damas this week <laughs> and shame you for that last AKA about the Mary play. What? Get out A of professor here, and Mary Jane. Continue, A professor sir. and Mary Finish. Ann. Finish, sir. I- I'm done. I'm done. That's it. That's it. I did want to mention, though, because, uh, you know, my twist in Alice the Third was also inspired by Sean P. as well as Gilligan's Island. And I was realizing that in the theme song, they straight up say uh, a rich man and his wife. Like they reduced that poor woman to being his wife in the theme song. When did that show come out? Like in the 70s? 60s, 50s, maybe. Shit, well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> she lucky she got that uh, sitting in my... Mad in the- Men. Well, not even Mad Men, but still. Damn. Yeah, y'all are horrible. But anyway, oh, we'll get into more of that later on in the show. <laughs> um, sitting in the co-captain's chair is Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Baptin Ameriba, J Prince of All Saiyans, Sean John, Luke Picard, the Ting of the North, T'Challa Bread, and Flex Luthor. There we go. There we go. Kept it simple. You know, then embarrass yourself like I did. But, you know, <laughs> it happens. You know, that's what we do here on the For All Nerds show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in this seventh, the God number. I think it's the seventh week of, you know, being in these estate pods. How do you even understand time? Time doesn't exist. Time is but a construct at this point, sir. It's been a construct. You know, I'm glad people are finally realizing yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, in our seventh week of being in the escape pods, you know, we are doing different things. As you've seen, we've been live on twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Make sure you're subscribed over there because we're doing big things over there. Mm-hmm. Big things everywhere. A lot of big things in the words. I mean, oh man, y'all don't understand. There's some real, real monstrous things going on behind the scenes. So thank you all for the support and the love. And, you know, as always, I just want to say, what up to everybody? I'm over here actually talking into the camera right now like I am live on twitch.tv slash for all nerds. <laughs> and I'm good. not. You know that, what I mean? I'm just getting good. ready for it, you know, because we'll be back on there later on this week. Uh, by the time you hear this, folks, this afternoon, Wednesday, we're going to be doing another live uh, streaming session with our brother, Big Data Kane. Yes, Professor yes. Brandon or C. Brandon Abuna who yes. has been guiding us throughout this entire COVID solution, uh, situation. Um, 
And really, once again, just I want to impress upon the importance of information sharing, fact sharing, mm. and having it backed up by data and science, not just us blindly telling you just to go listen to somebody, but having, having the details to share. And if you obviously you can still make your own conclusions, but we want to be very, very clear with you guys. We are here to put a kibosh on all of the conspiracy stuff. So this is mm. what we're doing amongst other things, but this is what the main reason about why we're doing what we're doing. And obviously just to give you guys the fan fam, the facts and the information that you need to survive during this time. Mm -hmm. As well as the entertainment value and all that. But I yeah. do want to talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up because I know you had a live stream with Big Data last week. And I've been talking to friends of mine, uh, random people. The other day, you know, it was nice out. So I was sitting on the porch and uh, some rando was out there just spitting all kind of conspiracy <laughs> theories after conspiracy <laughs> theories. And I'm not... Like, wait, all, wait. All, can I just say when you say spin conspiracy theories, I imagine they're like rapping. I mean, he damn near. My man had bars. I'm not gonna lie. He was going off, boy. I mean, he included everyone, and it was it was magical because this was a black man, but he was Did basically he spitting. Hands? Huh? Did he have rap pants with his conspiracy theories? He uh, he had a cigar in his hand, so he was fully. Oh yeah, he was fully on his. You know. Woo -woo. Oh, see, this is why we need to be streaming so y'all can see this. Yeah, so y'all can see me waving the imaginary cigar in my hand right now. But um, yeah, he was fully on that, and he laid—I mean, looped in everyone, folks. I mean, he got in. Everyone was part of it except for Trump, which was the you know most how because that's I've I've seen this from a lot of white dudes already. That is a continual like you know they talk about the QAnon and all that you know. Oh wait, this was a white dude. No, this is a black dude. And that's why we, you know, like oh. we said before, men are trash in general. But, you know, once again, it's proven because this is a black dude. And I've seen, a, I know personally black people who spit this same rhetoric, you know, black men, mm. you know, personally. I, I, I know black people personally who have been saying this rhetoric. And I'm, yes. I'm, I'm very concerned. Um, I'm going to be respectful of everyone and their mm -hmm. personal views, but I'm also very, very concerned for y'all. Yes. And every conspiracy has a hint of truth in it. And that's the thing. But, and I will also, I won't even say a but to that, because I'll also say that in a situation like this, in any type of emergency situation, rich people and people in control are going to do things to get more rich and get more control. And that's always a fact. But when you're sitting there worried about like, yo, they're going to put a chip in you, when you carry a phone around in your pocket that you document everything, right. everywhere you go, everything, your facial recognition, you take thousands of photos on it. You then, need to stop worrying about the chip in your head and worry about the chip in your hand. Exactly. And Ben and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. Just the fact that every generally, I'm going to say generally, not everybody, but generally speaking, damn near everyone has invited some form of surveillance into their house. Mm. If you have a Google Home, if you have an Amazon Echo, if you have a cell phone, an iPhone, whatever, yes. whatever it is, you generally, not everyone, but generally speaking, you have provided some form of surveillance into your home or some way inside of your personal life. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's very important that people really truly understand what they're inviting into their homes, how to use their technologies, how to protect themselves against their own technologies, yep. which I think is the most important thing. And also how to not just protect and be so afraid, but also how to use it as a tool because mm. technology can also be used to better your life. So yep. just the, the whole idea is to educate yourself. And like Ben, I mean, said, there's no one's implanting any chips. The chips are already there. Mm. All facts. All facts. It's all there already. 
But yeah, so we're going to have another live stream on Twitch with Big Daddy Kane where we'll be talking more about COVID, about the Rona, about the conspiracies, about everything. While we'll be rocking some games, some other things, you know, all kinds of things. It's going down. Twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Make sure you are over there. Mm-hmm. It'll be also streaming on a bunch of different platforms, you know, but twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Make sure you get some of that. Yeah. Um, just wanted to make mention since you said different platforms. Uh-huh. You guys have to understand the levels of how Ben I Amin mean has this all set up. Mm. When all goes perfectly, we are streaming to multiple platforms at once. Yes. We're doing TV show quality content. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on mm-hmm. Facebook. I think we may even be on Twitter. I don't even know. But the point is, we have a lot of, of work and, and research and continued um, improvements being done to this, to this new, I guess, approach to the show. So thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you to everyone who has ever supported us to continue to support us. Thank you to everyone on the on the uh, Patreon page who is giving us, who's providing the financial support. And just in general, thank you to everyone who's been sharing our content and adding all of these celebrities and adding all these random people and putting respect on our name because we need mm. it. Word up. And we already get it. But, you know, we always need more. Love is always appreciated. Love and support is, you know, one of the best ways you can help us out. So thank you so much for that. But but not only do we have, you know, a big, big show up here with big interviews, all that, you know, we're dropping all this knowledge. We got to talk about, you know, things have been pretty slow, honestly, in the news of entertainment world. But and I mean, but the first trailer for Lovecraft Country dropped. What you think, man? Funny thing is, I didn't watch it. I retweeted the hell out of it. You know, our fall nerds, Twitter, all that. You know, I was hyping it up. But I actually had not watched it until right before we started recording. Mm. And whew. Yeah. I mean, my first thing was when they said Misha Green, co-creator of Underground. I was so hyped. You know, like, I was so hyped that they sold her as that. You know, right away. Like, yes. This fire I put out that y'all slept on, they got canceled. I put out one of the greatest shows of all time. All time. All time. So I'm going to put that on my name right away. Let you know where we coming from on this joint. And and then as someone who's read the book, loved the book, we interviewed Matt Ruff. Uh, You can go look that up in our archives. Oh, for the record, Matt Ruff said that was one of the best interviews he has ever done. He uh, said he still remembers it three years. This was three years ago we interviewed him. He said uh, three years later, he still remembers it. He still fucks with us heavy. He said, what up, BJ Ben? I mean, what up, Tassiana? So We got to have him back. We got to I mean, have him back. got to have him back. That's all there is to that. But wow. Yes. Go look that up. It's in the archives on SoundCloud, iTunes, all those other places. Matt Ruff, the author of Lovecraft Country, said one of the best interviews. I mean, what, what else do you say? But anyway, anyway, so the trailer drops. I'm loving it. Misha Green, you know, all that. The imagery is looking beautiful. And then the house shows up. And for those who've read the book and know about this house, it's mm-hmm. like a character in of itself. And it just looked straight out of my imagination. You know, I was thinking, okay, it's got to be big as fuck, old looking from that time period that the book takes place, but even older than the book takes place in, mm-hmm. you know, because it's got to have some years on it. And then they show the elevator, which is also a main part of it. Like, just all these little details. Really quick stuff. But just seeing that house alone got me. 
And then Jonathan Majors, who's uh, one of the leads, and he's from The Last Black Man in San Francisco, yeah. a film which is uh, it's on Amazon streaming. If y'all haven't seen that, go check it. I, one of my favorites of last year, just a beautiful movie. And dude is an incredible actor. So I can't wait. You know, like he's one of the leads, Journey Smollett. I mean, Smollett's up on. I mean, it's either way, but you know, we ain't trying to clown her, you know, for some uh, other no, people's no, actions. No. You no, know what hey, I mean? But fun fact, Journey Smollett was also in Underground. So. Oh, right. I forgot. Yes, yeah, she <laughs> was. Yes, she was. And also played Black Canary in uh, Birds of Prey recently. Yeah. She's on the come up big time. And then I didn't know that, um, goddamn, how's Omar? I mean, his real name is slipping my mind right now. But he's playing Jonathan's father. Uh, God damn. Well, the yeah. cast, uh, the cast is. Uh, oh, you mean Michael K. Williams? Yes, Michael yeah. K. Williams. Sorry, yeah. his name is in my mind. Yep. Okay. Omar. Okay. Oh, I didn't even realize Tony Good uh, Goldwyn is in this too. He played the president in Scandal. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. Oh, oh I wonder if he's going to be the, the main, the main bad guy. Mm. It's white. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you know. <laughs> Kind of limits him in this book. I mean, I'm looking at the cast and I just see black person, black person, black person, Hesterson, Tony. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, kind of. of white people in that book were not that good. Nah, you know? nah. Yeah. But, but but again, as we had said last week, this is the book you want to read. We, we yes. do recommend some great titles here, and this is something you want to read. I definitely also recommend that you read the book prior to watching the show if you can. If you don't, it's not going to kill you. If you can, please do it because you'll have that much more context. And also, like, what I like to do is not just having the context and also have the comparisons and the contrast between what you get in live action versus what you see in the book. Yes. And also, the book is just fucking fantastic, y'all. Yeah. Like, it, cause it deals with this family who's fighting against the supernatural and also fighting against white supremacy in their time. And to be written, like we said it on the interview, like to be written by a white man, it just captured that feeling so well. It's stunning to me how much it captures the feeling of like when you're a black man and the cops pull you over and you just, you know, and then it's got all this horror and all this ill supernatural elements. It's mm-hmm. it such it to a dope level. book, y'all. Like, check it out. I can't wait for the series. Whoo, yeah, yeah, no. Pure fire. Pure fire right. on every level right there. I was really impressed by that trailer. I, I was very happy, and you know, like I said, I was definitely hyped by the countdown they had on. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in there like swimwear. I'm ready. Yes. Also, um, uh-huh. some good bad news, I guess. Uh, we all know about Candyman coming up. Everybody's been hyped off of that, starring Yaya Abdul Mateen II. He's also been on our show. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> so go back in the crates and listen to that episode. Um, we interviewed him uh, like right when Aquaman drops. Yep. So this was like before he really super super blew, blew up. But anyway, um, it was supposed to. Uh, Candyman was supposed to drop June twelfth. It has been pushed back or moved down, whatever term you want to use, to September twenty fifth. Pushed back. Push up. <laughs> <laughs> you ever get you? <laughs> and I want to also just make the distinction once again that. Uh, Jordan Peele did not, is not directing Candyman. Nor is he directing uh, Lovecraft Country. <laughs> yes, and, and, and I, I totally, and here's the thing, and I'm, I'm not going to be mean to anybody about this because I get it. Totally understand that his brand is huge and people yes. just naturally attribute that body of work to him because his name's attached. 
But to be very clear with you guys, Candyman 2020 is directed by a black woman named Nia DaCosta. Uh-huh. Okay? And it is, uh, I, I believe Jordan has co-writing um, credits on this. So besides production and stuff like that, he is involved in that way. But the direction is by Nia DaCosta, just FYI. And then, as we mentioned, um, we talk about um, Lovecraft Country on HBO. That's being showrun by Misha Green. Yes. Not Jordan Pill. <laughs> no, he's executive producer, and I saw people mad because J.J. Abrams was attached, and he's an executive producer as well. But why be mad? If they're giving us the money, why, why, why Yeah, but see, that's the thing. People don't understand how each of these roles work. Like, a director is someone who directs. You know, they come on, and they direct an episode, they direct a series, whatever. But what a do you pro- mean? Like, directs where the cameras go, where people stand, how? There we go. Directs the actors, okay. all the emotions. A producer is someone who produces a show behind the scenes, gets the money, gets the sets, you know, hires someone to do all these other jobs, like gets the sets, hires a director, hires the writers, et cetera. A showrunner is someone who's going to work with the producer behind the scenes and also runs the, the room. Writing. Yes, runs the writing room. Like in terms of a, a room of writers, sits down, plots out the season, helps, usually writes one or more episodes of the season. You know, but there's also people who write their own episodes. There's other writers who write episodes as it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why at the end, you'll usually see written by whoever and, you know, so ever on each episode. Mm-hmm. But people don't, you know, misinterpret these roles and think that, and like you said, because Jordan's brand is so massive and he's done such talented work. As, and it also, like with Candyman, as soon as you hear that slowed down, screwed out theme music, you're like, say okay, this is name, a no- Yeah, name. you're like, okay, right away. This is Jordan <laughs> Peele again. But no, he's just producing it and using that. And see, he's smart and using his brand of screwed down theme songs to get y'all like, oh, okay, yep, gotta go for it again, you know. And th- yeah. but also Nia Costa needs her props yeah. and needs her respect because it looks fire. Yeah, so please be mindful of that when you guys say things like, oh, this Jordan Peele stuff. Actually, hashtag well actually. Mm-hmm. And like somebody even hit us on our Twitter and they were like, I was hype about Lovecraft until I saw J.J. Abrams. And trust me, executive producers have, well, they have say over what happens, but they are not the creatives. You know, like they might ruin or make a project great, you know, either one by giving the money or accepting, but they're not the ones sitting in the room creating it. What happens is the people sit in the room, we, you know, they come up with the show, and then they go to them and be like, all right, this is what we want to do. And, you know, if everybody's working in synergy, then it becomes this beautiful thing. If not, mm-hmm. you know, it could be messed up on any level. But mm-hmm. don't just blame J.J. Abrams, is what I'm saying, just because his name. You know, let Misha Green, who is a fantastic showrunner as seen by Underground, you know, that's the name you need to worry about. And you yeah. don't need to worry there. And we're going to work on getting her on the show. She doesn't really hang out on Twitter like that, but we are going to figure out a way because that's what we do. Basically. And we need that to happen because we've been gushing about Underground for years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might have to drop a little spinoff show. You know, we had Castle Blatt for Game of Thrones. Ooh, and, I'm with it. Y'all, y'all with no. a, a recap show for Lovecraft Country? You I'm going to... Pretend you guys all have gave me a resounding yes. Yeah. So we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it live. Folks. Yeah, we're doing it live. So, you know, watch out for that. Watch out for more from the four all nerds. As always, we have an incredible interview coming up 
very shortly. Not going to give it away. If you've already read the title and all the intro, you already know who it is. So just stay tuned. And we'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Professor Brandon Obunu, a scientist who studies genetics and epidemics. And when I'm not doing long division, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, yo, this is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. And we are Twin Speaks. And when we are not writing Ironheart or James Bond, we are listening to For, For All Nerds. Hi, my name is Genevieve Kang, and I play Jackie Veda on Netflix's Lock and Key. When I'm not cooking up new recipes in my kitchen, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, everybody. This is Peter Ramsey. I am the director of Rise of the Guardians and one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I like to listen to For All Nerds with Tatiana and the great Ben Amin. Hey, this is Hiro Karangawa, actor and playwright. And you are listening to For All Nerds All The Way. Hi, this is Lexi Alexander, and I'm a filmmaker and a writer. And when I'm not playing with my vintage toys and feeding myself and my dog, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's up? This is Otto Asado, and when I'm not on television and movie sets, I am listening to For All Nerds. episode of the For All Nerds show. Like we always do about this time, we are bringing you, you know, some super heat to the show because today on The Spaceship, we have a very special guest, an actor, illustrator, baller, blurred, comic creator, voice of some of your favorite characters. He first broke out as Samuel on Mike and Molly, but you can now catch him on the hit series, The Good Fight, playing the role of Jay DePersia, I hope. <laughs> DePersia. Hope I got... Okay, all right. Close, yeah. close. You know, I'm the butcher of names. I was waiting for it, too. I was like, okay, here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. Trust <laughs> me, bro. I, you might not know, but on the show, I'm known as the butcher of names. So, you know, oh, we're okay. going to get right to it, though. The man's so nice, they had to name him twice. Let's all welcome Niambi Niambi to the spaceship tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I love being on this ship. Thank you. You Great are to meet very you welcome. Good to meet you, you know, right away. And, you know, um, you know, you're here to talk about the good fight, obviously. But, yeah. you know, to set it off, you have blurred in your bio on Twitter. Yes. I mean, you yeah. know, just right away. So, you got to let them know. I lead, I lead with that, you know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not apologetic about my love for, for comics, my love for cartoons, you know, animation, illustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it, you know, anything and everything that has to do with, with, I don't know, just I, black nerdism. I'm, that's just me, you know? Right. So I love it, you know, nerdism in general. I'm not, cause right. you know, there's not enough black nerdism out there, but like, um, in terms of like the, uh, content, but, um, but anything and everything, I try to eat it up. So that being said, when did you first realize you were a nerd? Um, it's something that I've always been, because I grew up, I grew up, um, you know, as far as uh, cartoons, anything, everything, you know, ate all that up. I, I think the first time I realized I was a nerd was when um, 
when uh, I got teased. Uh, this is when I had no hair and I wasn't like I didn't hadn't I didn't have like a full head of hair like I do now. It's like bald, and the mm. shape of my head is the shape of my head is funny. And uh, <laughs> your peanut. Ben Barry done that. Yeah, so you know it. And uh, and then um, you know uh, someone you know of course got on me about my love of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because um, I'm a big Turtles fan. And then uh, that same person was like, uh, when I was like, I said something back to him, and he was like, "Shut up, you 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 alien nation head." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What the hell? What, what does that mean? What what does that mean, alien nation head?" And this is one of those long, like like two two day jokes. You know what I'm saying? One where you like initially you're like, "What does that mean?" And then two days later, you're you're watching television and you're watching <laughs> alienation. And you see the spots in the head, and then you see the shape of it, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. He's talking about my head. Oh. That's that's me. Two days later, cried, cried. Yeah. Yeah. What, hurt, what hurts me there is I actually got called alien. Like we we were all on the break. We were talking about different things that we got disrespected as, and another one I caught was alien because of the shape of my head. Damn. See. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 I am dying. I'm so sorry that I'm laughing. This is just hilarious. Why do y'all think I'm... I have all this hair on my head, folks? <laughs> exactly. 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 Um, well, you mentioned Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are we talking about the cartoon or the comics or both? Well, now uh, all of the above, like everything. Mm. Um, because I mean, I grew up, of course, on the cartoon. Um, you know, because that's the first thing that I saw as far as turtles, and just ate, like, ate that all up. And then, of course, the movies. Uh, you know, the 1990 movie. You know, uh, Turtles One, Turtles Two, Turtles Three. Mm. Um, like all of that stuff, ate all that up. And then, um, like the video game, video games, the arcade, and the, uh, the initial one mm. that, that you know, oh, yeah. like I ate that one up. Oh. Um, that was like probably probably my favorite video game, as far as like like gift I got for Christmas was, mm. was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game, that first one. Um, wait, and then, the, wait, the, the first one for... On the, the NES. That the was, NES. like, impossible? The one, like... Because yes. they had that arcade one that was fire. And then when that came out, I remember being so hyped, like, yes! And then I yes. got it, and it was effing impossible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, so that one. That one. That one. Now, I'll never forget, man, because um, I remember a friend of mine back then was like, you know, I got this game, and he was like, uh, he was like, "Oh my God, this is the greatest game ever! I can't believe it. This game, oh my gosh, this is great! Oh yeah, I can't wait to play this game. Play it!" And so then we played it. And the thing is, I'm nice. I'm nice. I'm okay. nice. Uh huh. Okay. Nice you know what I'm saying? At least back then, you know, kids, we you know, we're nice. Yep. I have a great story about um, a kid uh, that literally humbled me. And so I have this game, and he's like, "This game is fire! I can't wait to play it!" Oh, oh, oh. and he couldn't get past the second level. There's six <laughs> levels in that game. He couldn't get past the second level. He was so, like, we played it for days. He could not get past the second level. And then he's like, man, I hate this game. This game is terrible. Oh, this game, I don't want to, like, it's the worst game ever. And I'm sitting there being, I got level three. All of a sudden, level four. Then I'm at the Technodrome, level five. And then mm -hmm. I get the Shredder. And then, you know, it took me a while. But I finally, you know, finally beat the game. And I'm telling you, that beating that game was so satisfying. Mm. Now, almost, almost like someone you know. You got to Mike Tyson and meeting Mike Tyson, yeah, like that. Like I say that because I, I mean I still haven't had that feeling yet. Because I always get to Mike Tyson, he always knocks me out. So I don't know. Oh, I don't know that feeling right. yet. Every time, I don't know that feeling yet. of beating Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson punch out. But it's I would imagine it's the same as beating Shredder 
uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that first game in the NES. I don't think I ever got to Shredder. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to think back because I remember that game. That's what I remember the first thing. I remember like the arcade was so dope, and I was thinking it would be just like the arcade, and then it wasn't, and it was so difficult. And that's what I mainly remember about yeah. how difficult and like for what reason is you know a turtles game so ridiculously difficult? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But it's it's for the true ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. joke was like Shinobi. <laughs> like, you know, like, exactly. So wait, since you're a true ninja, how do you feel about like the newer Turtles movies that came out directed by Michael Bay? Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. So look, I love any Turtles content. I'm into any Turtles content. I do wish, I didn't think the Turtles needed to be so sort of um, like monstrous in terms of like so overgrown, big and like, Mm. like, like, because they were CGI'd, right? And so they made them like, yeah. like they made them like, they were all like Shaq or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. skills, you know, and one of them looked like me. And I was like, and that, that kind of scared me. Like, no, wait a second. Donatello looked like, just like me. Because I mean, I was like, he got the same build as me. I don't, I don't know about this, right? But, um, but that's what I loved about the original one, the 1990s uh, Turtles, was that, you know, it's puppets, you know, puppeteers, people in the actual, the actual, like, outfit. The Teenage Mutant Ninja, Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, um, uh, the Michael Bay ones, um, I really like that because they scaled everything back in terms of, like, mm-hmm. Shredder wasn't, wasn't like a Transformer. Um, and then uh, they brought in um, Bebop and Rocksteady. You got to see the Technodrome. You know, you saw, you know, see Krang, you know, even though I think if I remember correctly, he was just a brain, but didn't have the brain with sort of the tentacles like mm-hmm. you normally see. But I'm neither here nor there. Um, but um, so I, I really like the second one better than the first one. For the yeah. new turtles. Yeah, the second one's like not bad. I, I didn't even really hate the first one, but the second one is really like it's yeah. a solid flick, you know. And, oh, no, it's a solid flick. Yeah, no, the problem, the problem for me for the first one, I was good up until. They finally uh, met up with Shredder. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when they met up with Shredder, and Shredder was, just, I was just like, "Yo, it, like that is what is that? Is that like the forgotten Transformer? Like who is that? Is he a Decepticon? <laughs> that a Decepticon? Oh I was waiting to see a Decepticon on it, you know, uh, on his chest. But um, but uh, but the second one though was that was that was fire for me. Mm. Wow, wow. So. I mean, I, I'm really happy to hear you talk about this because it's clear that you are passionate about this culture, about this life. You're into it. And yeah. as Ben, I mean, expressed earlier when he introduced you, you have several geek bona fides to your credit. Like you're an illustrator, you're an actor, you're a comic book creator. Is any one of these your first love? Well, I mean, my first love is acting uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, out of all of them, you know, I'd always been acting. I, you know, think about today, you know, we're, we're, we're taping this uh, right now. Um, you know, Cinco de Mayo. And, um, and my first play was on Cinco de Mayo, fifth grade. Wow. And I had, yeah. And I had happy like anniversary. Line. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's what it's really what Cinco, Cinco de Mayo is about. It's about the anniversary of me becoming an actor. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I had one line. I had one line. I can't rem- remember the line, but I remember just how, um, how I felt after doing it and how fun it was to be on a stage and, and, you know, how nervous I was doing it. And then once I got through it, I was like, wow, that was, 
that was awesome, especially when everyone is like, that was great. That's amazing. It was awesome. You know, you know, see you up there. You know how uh, parents are with the kids. Um, even when it's bad, they tell them how great it is. And, um, yeah. and, but that felt so good. And so I'd always been acting in some way, taking acting classes uh, or whatnot. And um, basketball was the thing that um, sort of made me cool in school um because i could ball and so um you know so that's that you know basketball is what made me cool in school and then on top of that um uh, cats found out that i could draw as well so i used to sell drawings when i was in high school um and then it wasn't until i was in college that uh when i realized that basketball was not going to take further than than there you know i could have pursued possibly going overseas to play um oh, that's wow. at the same time that's when i discovered that acting was where my life was going to ultimately in terms of my happiness right right wow yeah. niambi be hooping and niambi be hustling i hear you <laughs> i hear you sir <laughs> love it but no that's great because um that's something like i can relate to as well because i was the same type of geek where i was just getting disrespected until I started DJing and then DJing is like the thing that started making me cool where I yeah. was like, where people are like, Oh, okay. You know, he's not just this dork, you know, who brings yeah. toys to school and everything. You know, what's funny about that? Like, cause I was uh, growing up, I was no, you know, I, I told you off the air, but I'll say it now. Um, you know, uh, as we're talking about kids making fun of us when we were growing up, you know, I was uh, the, the, the name they used to call me when I was growing up, they would call me Bambi. And that's because I also, not only did it rhyme with my name, it's because I cried a lot. And so oh, they called me sensitive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like We were like lost brothers out there, fam. I was catching all them same. That, <laughs> I, to, to let the listeners know off the air, I told Niambi my story. Well, one of them was I got called Thundercat in sixth grade because in sixth grade, like on one of the first days of school, I brought, I brought some toys with me. They weren't even effing Thundercats. But, you know, people are like, this is middle school. You know, some girl was like, this is middle school. What you do? You know, like, grow up, basically. Yeah. And so I was Thundercat from, you know, for sixth grade. It was a rough. Uh <laughs> That's great. I mean, Thundercats are so iconic. How do you not know what a Thundercat look like? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Thundercat. I was, and I was probably real upset about that fact too. Like, you know, what? the fact that I'm being disrespected and it wasn't even a Thundercat. That's wild disrespect. That's funny. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, was it like a cat that had just happened to have like a like a thunder on it? A thunder no. symbol on it? You're like, cat. No, I don't think so. Like I said, I'm at the Google what this toy exactly was. I can't even remember what they're called. But it was more just the, you know, Thundercat was it, it worked, it rolled off the tongue, you know, it stuck to you, you was know, Thundercat. It, was it a yellow cat? <laughs> well, it's a cat and it's yellow like thunder, so it's got to be Thundercat. You're looking for reason in this disrespect, and there was none. <laughs> You're looking for a semblance of logic, no, and it's just not I'm a I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to help you, man. Um, now the uh, so yeah, so you used to call me that, and so then like, and I moved around a lot. So once we moved, uh, in, you know, uh, after sixth grade. It was my chance to sort of change my, my reputation. So then, so we moved, and then I was like, I was the kid, then I started cursing. I was like, cursing. I was like, ah, you know, being like, maybe this will like, you know, people will, will look at me differently if I, if I curse or whatever, whatever. If you're a cursor, you're a cursor. If you're not, you know, it's just that I didn't wear it well. So then I was like, you know what, this, this isn't me. Let me just, you know, 
basically shut up and, you know, uh, especially when I found basketball. Uh, when cats were like, yo, this dude can ball. He's the new, like, he, you know, I mean, he's like the new cat in town. He can ball, 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 whatever. When they were all, like, you know, talking about my game or whatever in seventh grade, I was like, you know what? Just shut up. Don't cry. Don't do any of those things. Let your game do the talking. And that's that's pretty much all I, all I did. It was just, like, I let my game do the talking. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really talk. Um, not until I got to college, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, just my closest friends that would hear, hear like what I, you know, what I'd have to say, or whenever I was doing some sort of performance in, in terms of drama or, um, you know, I ended up being our farewell speaker at, at, in high school. Those are the only times people ever heard me speak. Wow. So did you have like one of those like teen movie moments where you went up on stage and started talking and everybody's like, that's what he sounds like. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They were like, exactly. Exactly. They were all expecting, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mickey Mouse, and you know, out came James Earl Jones talking. They were like, "What?" And then with the bass in his voice, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. So like, that's that's uh, you know, I think that's you know, as I'm thinking, psychoanalyzing my myself um, it, through this, I'm just like, I think, I, I think uh, my way, my way of being of expressing myself, communicating with people, was through art. Mm. yeah and i and i consider basketball an art it is mm. damn yeah. sure is i mean if you've been yeah. watching jordan the, his his documentary right now uh yeah. or the bulls yeah. documentary you definitely see that yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that makes me that makes me think because uh, you you know this is art for you and you told us you know your first love is acting but you have lots of different loves and we're in a situation right now where either it's modified or you can't necessarily do some of these these loves if you will like you can't go to a studio or anything like that or a set but so in that case how have you been handling this lockdown situation how have you kind of been adjusting to being to continue to be creative uh well for me you know i uh i write every day i I do um continuous stream of consciousness writing just to get thoughts out of uh, my head and then uh, onto Mm -hmm. a piece of paper and if some sort of inspiration comes out of that you know, whether it inspires a, a an idea for a script or an idea for a project, mm-hmm. an idea for a drawing, you know, things like that. You know, it usually starts from when I'm just writing continuous stream of consciousness. Um, I draw every single day for at least an hour um, doing, um, you know, gesture drawing sketches or whatever. And then when I want to do a finished drawing, then I'll take a lot more time. Uh, in my day, just working on a fin- finished drawing, which I'll do a lot more of um, in the coming uh, weeks, because mm. uh, I've started to, I've started to show it on my my Instagram um, uh, at Niambi for a lot of people who um, don't know. Um, I say a lot of people don't know because I don't have that many followers. So anyway, um, but um, but I've started to post there uh, some of the work, uh, you know, because they showcase a lot of my stuff on on the Good Fight on the show. Uh, because my character Jay uh, is also an illustrator, and so there's an episode where my work comes squarely into play in terms of solving a case, um, in terms of exonerating um, one of the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm on your IG now, and sir, twenty one thousand followers is not that small. So <laughs> you have a good amount yeah, of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at your Nat King Cole oh, yeah. drawing. Um, pretty incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Do you work with pencil or so what is this? Practice drawing. So that one's a practice drawing. That one's a straight pen. No, okay. no like straight, straight ink. No, no pencil. Okay. Um, and that's, that's me, uh, just working out, just trying to, um, figure out I'm, I'm working. That's with a new pen. It's a, uh, a Pentel brush, not a, not a Pentel brush pen. It's a, um, it's a zebra br uh, brush pen. That one. Okay. Uh, not even a brush. Sorry. It's just a zebra black pen. Um, but that one, I, um, it was my first week working with that pen. And whenever you have, tool, you know, you want to work with just that tool for at least a week and, and get down and then um and then you can start figuring out like uh you know all you, you can start figuring out figuring out your lines your blacks all of those things that um you know the composition uh that um you know how you can use that tool to sort of bend it in the way you want it yes yeah so that nat king cole is is cool right now i'm working on uh, what i'm um, you'll you hopefully it'll start soon I'm, I'm i'm creating i'm writing or drawing sorry the uh characters on the good fight as different as different superheroes mm. like christine baranski as super well supergirl you know superwoman um uh, uh audrey mcdonald as wonder woman uh, slash nubia um mm. you have uh you have uh delroy lindo as batman um mm. and then going on down the list you know like kush jumbo who plays luca quinn as vixen uh you know just keep going um sarah Steele and tana um so uh, those are the things that's so that's what i'm working on. i'm working on like mm. my skill set in terms of perspective proportions yeah uh, you know all of those things to be able to do. and then eventually be able to do sequential art uh of my own so just Right, but also do the the actual art for it because I love um, guys like Jeff Lemire who do who can do um, the writing and also the drawing as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jeff is definitely fire. Um, yeah. All right, now you just mentioned all these powerhouses who are on the Good Fight, and oh, did I? I mean, you know, <laughs> just just you know, you just name dropped a few people, you know, who people might yeah. know out there, and yeah. you know. I personally have not seen the good fight. I'm not gonna lie to you, you know, but I keep hearing everywhere I turn, like and it'll be the most random things, you know, where I'll hear people mentioning, you know, great television, and it'll be like the good fight, the good fight. You know, it's one of the best things on television yeah. right now. You know, you're all just sleeping. And I know it's on CBS all access, which a lot of people don't have or don't have access to, you know, mm -hmm. sadly. Or don't uh, like or don't like uh, you know, hey, 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 you know, hey, they hey. don't they don't like they don't that's because have their show yet, and their show would would be the good fight. Right. Just saying. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, That's the way you do it. <laughs> yeah. What can you tell people about the good fight? Like why? I mean, besides, like, I mean, you just named Delroy Lindo, just him alone, you know, and yeah. then, you know, there we go, and you know, yourself and everyone else involved. But what is it about this show that is making it such compelling television right now? Well who also uh, created The Good Wife, which was uh, an Emmy Award-winning uh, show, which was great as well. Um, they've, they've, spun, they've spun The Good Wife off and made The Good Fight. Uh, and um, uh, the main character, Diane Lockhart, uh, played by Christine Baranski, um, uh, finds herself at a new law firm uh, because of, you know, at the time she wanted to retire and then finds that she needs to actually continue uh, moving forward um, if she wants to um, uh, still have money. And uh, she ends up at a, um, a law firm that's headed up by Delroy Lindo's character, Adrian Bozeman, 
Um, and it's uh, a um, historically all black law firm. And mm. uh, Diane, Diane becomes basically that their uh, uh, diversity hire. And so, mm. um, and then from there, there on, you see the story and how it unfolds. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, the guest stars that come through are incredible. The uh, the stories that we tell in terms of the uh, the topics that we tackle, it's very it's very uh, current. Especially if you watch it um, in real time, it's very current. Um, yeah. You know, I know I know a lot of cats are watching it like you know two years later, three years later. You know, uh, so it's not fair to, to to say to them it's current because I'm like you two three years le- too late um, watching it. But even then, you know, watching some of the um, the episodes, I remember watching some of the episodes episodes of The Good Wife, and they had episodes about cryptocurrency, and I was like, and it was like a current thing, but they mm-hmm. wrote about it like eight years ago. Mm. Oh, yes, well, yeah. like like it's that type of thing where they they were they're they're talking about stuff that is like happening right now and then uh, things that uh, people will be talking about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so ahead I mean, of the curve. Great. Oh yeah, ahead of the curve, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But like the actors of fire. I mean, yo, Delroy Lindo, Audra McDonald, Christine Baranski. Kush Jumbo, we have guest stars. I mean, like everyone, Sarah Steele, uh, one, you know, one of the regs, she's the first person I got to work with. Uh, and she brought me into the fold and she was just incredible, amazing uh, in terms of just making me feel like feel at home. We have Michael Boatman, who's another nerd as well. Nice. So we get to nerd out. Uh, yeah, yeah, huge nerd, my, my man, Michael Boatman. Um, and then, um, I mean, I mean, we just... Uh, uh, a bevy of of of, um, of amazing talent that come through. Passage, you know, they came through. Um, I mean, it's just like I mean, there's just so many. Michael J. Fox um, is is here this season again. Wow, it's I mean, just like names, man. It's like names upon names upon names, and they all come through because the writing is just so dope. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, and I keep hearing that. I keep hearing about the writing, and what I didn't even know the concept of the show. And you just given that concept of this white woman going to work at a historically all black law firm. That got me right away. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I might have to. You know, I'm definitely like, going to hunt down here? the pilot at the very least and peep that because I got to yeah. see this now. Like, I'm like, okay, where is this going with that? And then I, I mean, Delroy Lindo, you know, I already know how he feel about everybody. So, so yeah. is that? That that clip of Delroy talking about uh, on the news about trying to get somebody mm-hmm. to say the N word is that from the Good Fight? Uh, that is from the Good Fight. Wow! Oh. I want to say season. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Y'all see, y'all y'all sleeping. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I fully admit it. Because that clip I'm, was phenomenal. Yes, I'm waking up. I'm waking up over here. I'm getting woke. As they yeah, say. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had to stop saying that when when my parents were saying it too much. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I retired out. They woke. Oh, I was like, my, my mama, my was like, all right, baby, I'll talk to you later. All right, stay woke. And they saying it with a Nigerian accent too, which makes it even funnier. Oh my you know? gosh! Yeah, like, so it's like, like you know, rice, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, hey, okay, so so make sure you are safe, okay? Stay woke. And I'm like. <laughs> 
I don't even sound. Nigerians are funny though, because I mean, I, you know, I love my people because, um, because like popular sayings, we just like completely make up our own. So like things like like hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray. They're like hip hip hip, hip hip. <laughs> I'm like what? What hip hip hip? Just two hips. You know what I'm saying? Another Double one was uh, they'd be like, yeah. Another one that you know, my favorite one is when they're like, you know, the, the saying is, um, hey, hey, the sky's the limit, man. The sky's the limit. Right. Then they're like, I, I'm telling you, the sky is your beginning. <laughs> the sky is the That's amazing. <laughs> I gotta yeah. say that one. No, the sky is your beginning. The sky is your beginning. I mean, they make it their own, man. I love it. Can you just it. like draw and voice an animated character that just speaks in these, you know, twisted up sayings? Because it would be, <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be amazing. fun. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Guys, your beginning. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Niambi, you have survived the interview segment of For All Nerds, but we do have the brap segment, our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Uh, the Falcon or War Machine? Oh, shoot. Mm. Uh, Tripped up off the Falcon, bat. Falcon, 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 Falcon. Falcon, okay. Yeah. That's all right. Um, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, uh, that's, that's a great question. It's a mm-hmm. great question. The Wire, though. The Wire. Yes, I love Breaking Bad, man. I love Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking but, Bad's my fave. Yeah, but... the wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The but wire. like, also, you know, I got a, I got a black card to uphold too, so I got, I can't, I can't lose that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you voice many roles. You voice Martian yeah. Manhunter, Green Lantern, yeah. Verm- Verminator Rex. What is one voice character that you want to be? Or what was one voice that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, that I haven't done. Correct. Oh, that's a great question. Um, a voice uh, that I'd want, to, ooh, a character that I'd want to voice that I haven't done yet. Um, that's a great question. That is a great question. I oh oh, definitely definitely a character in if they ever do any like Masters of the Universe, mm. I would definitely want to like voice one of those characters. Um, you know, whether it be man, you know, man at arms, Stratos, uh, you know, uh, you know what? Manny faces. I want to, Manny faces. I want to voice Manny faces because he's the greatest. He's the greatest actor in all of Eternia. There you go. He really is. He's the greatest actor. He is. He literally, I mean, he's the only one, but still he's the greatest one of all of, of, of Eternia. Um, I just love that. He has these three faces, you know, he has the monster, the human face, um, and then uh, the robot face, yep. and then like somehow when and mind you, he's still geared up, looking like Manny faces, like everything around is <laughs> like machine. And that that Orko couldn't recognize him when he had like it, I think he had He Man's face on this, and he could. He was like he thought he was He Man. I was like <laughs> Orko, can you not see what that, that's clearly Manny faces? He's so, an amazing um, actor. You he's know, just you, an amazing you, actor. Yeah, you are I really discounting his talent. Yes. Oh, God. Manny faces. That, 
Manny Faces. Wow, I think yeah. that's the first time I've even heard that name in about 15 yeah. years. You're welcome. Well. Yeah, well. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Magneto or Professor X? Oh, Magneto's cold, man. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. I'm going to go with Magneto. I like villains. I like villains. Okay, you like villains, so what about this? Lex Luthor or Dr. Doom? You know, I'm reading right now um, uh, the, um, the, uh, the, the Hickman run of Fantastic Oof. Four. Mm. So yes. I'm going to yeah. go with Dr. Doom. Mm. God, yeah. Emperor Doom himself. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a... Man, what a run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Superman or Batman? Batman. All day. All day Batman. That's easy. What's your favorite superhero movie of all time? My favorite superhero movie of all time. Damn, that's... that's okay. <laughs> I remember okay, so here okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna give uh two. Okay. And then I'm I'm going to but they're just for very different reasons. Um uh The Dark Knight, because mm. uh, you know, I mean that what Heath Ledger did with that was just like like you can watch that over and over and, and it, it never gets old. Uh and also I think my favorite um I, I was the bad pot no, the bad pot was introduced in in um in uh, Batman Begins, but um, I think no, Bat Pod was Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah, yep. so that's why. That's my favorite vehicle. That's my favorite vehicle. Mm. Bat Pod. Yeah. So, um, so you know, between those two things, now I have some things, you know, in terms of like Batman, in terms of like you know rewatchability, like in terms of Batman himself. Mm. But the Joker is why I, you know I can watch that movie over and over and over again. Um, so from. For me, how I felt when that movie came out and watching that movie and just being like, yo, this movie's incredible. I can't believe what I'm watching. I want to say that one. And then the other one, the way I, where I felt like that, of course, was with Black Panther in terms mm-hmm. of just how I felt like being in that room with all those cats with it, with, you know, you know, at the premiere and just knowing that I was seeing something special, just seeing that I was being I was just, uh, you know, a part of a moment that was happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and how and how big that was to see on screen, you know, for me to see, you know, there was, you know, I think one of the, um, the directors out there, the fact that that is, that's not how Africa looks or whatever. Um, right. But then and that they was he was saying that it might have been Terry uh, Killiam or something, but uh, but seeing but like for me seeing Wakanda, mm-hmm. seeing uh, that technology. Yes. And knowing all of the resources that Africa has to offer, yes. all the different countries within Africa, because I want to make mm-hmm. sure I'm specific, you know, because yep. there's, I want to say, 54 countries mm-hmm. in um, in Africa to, you know, educate the people, I say Africa, that there are 54 <laughs> countries. Um, but, um, but, and all of them have different resources, uh, you know, uh, r- resources that are needed to, you know, for you to use your cell phone. Yes. You know, uh, you know, very various different things, right? Let them know and uh, let them know, right? Thank you. And mm. the thing is, um, with um, when I'm looking at Wakanda and seeing that, I'm like, yo, yeah, the nation that looks like that, but I'm like, that's the possibility that that could be that could be what um, a nation could look like that if mm. if if left alone or 
if uh, if um, supported as opposed mm. to being pillaged, mm. if that makes sense. Oh, does it? That's yeah. So like watching that and just seeing, wow, man, if they, you know, if if we just let let you know let them be, you know, let leave them alone, leave, you know, leave um, and let them like really like grow if if you have people who were empowered that were um all about um about the best of humanity the best of our communities the best of our our world and and knowing and knowing and and bringing all the resources that are available you know to them and and really trying to grow um the the various nations that you know wakanda in terms of what that looks like um could be possible you know, and I know that there are nations that are are that are doing that, um, yeah. uh, or or somehow feel like that's not real in terms of um, you know none of it's real really. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's no Asgard, yet we 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 love Thor. You know, so right. why not why not you know with Wakanda. Um, you know, mind you, it's a world, it's a place where no one, no one has been gone in and no one and no one. So no one has, uh, you know, any idea of what, you know, what it looks like. Who's so who, you know, I'm being funny here, but like, who's to say it doesn't exist, it's, you mm. know, um, mm. you know. And so uh, in that same way that you want to believe that Asgard is a place and that you want to love Thor, why not be, uh, be able to love Wakanda, uh, which was a rep- representative of the best of what Africa could be? Um, uh, why, why am I not allowed then to, um, to love Black Panther and the idea of, of what that stands for, right. you know? So, well, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's those two movies for me, um, you know, Black Panther, as far as what they meant to me, yes. I felt like, yeah, like those, those two movies were, were it. Now that was a culmination of all of those movies, you know, all, you know, brought together is just, you know, you can't, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat that because that, that one was a slow burn in terms of getting, getting to those final two films, like, you know, you know, uh, not counting, you know, the very last one in that, um, you know, homecoming, but getting to the final two uh, films before homecoming, um, that like, that was a slow, well-earned burn that, that Marvel did, um, and uh, I, I I appreciated that. That's something I wish you know. I'm, I'm hoping that you know DC would do in terms of um, not feel like that they're they're um, in competition with you know that they just you know do their own thing and 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 trust it. Um, I think in many ways uh, uh, the trap is to is to well they did we have to do this you know. And it's like, no, just, you know, do your own thing, slow burn and, and find it. And, and mm. um, you know, then then that's when it's like, I love DC for this. And then people say, I love Marvel for that. Niambi, we need you to do a TED Talk about thing. this. <laughs> we, we need you to do a TED Talk <laughs> about right. this because you're spitting bars right now. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the braces. But anyway, um, I'm, but um. But yeah, but uh, but that's that's how I feel about those, you know, those. I mean, I love I love them all, you know. You know, um, until until um, Marvel came out with um, the um, uh, the Miles Morales um, uh, um, 
you know, Spider-Man. Um, why am I blanking on the Miles Morales one? Uh, what it was called? Uh, oh, Into the Spider-Verse. Thank you, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Um, not until that one, I was just like, you know, you know, Marvel in terms of, you know, the stuff they did for animation leaned more towards kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And whereas DC, their animation, uh, you know, uh, you know, just it's fire. It's, you know, it's for, it's definitely for, for us as far as adults. Um, but then Marvel did something with that film that just, it, it just was like, okay, you know, they're bringing their own flavor, their own, their own thing that is separate of what DC has done with their animation, you know, and that's cool. Um, it's not, it's not, for me, it's neither, but it's their own identity and one where I can say, I like what they're doing, but I also like what they're doing as well. Right. So, All right. Well, that was, that was, that was, yeah. that was you know, a lot for <laughs> that one rap, but, um, no, yeah. he gave us like the fire. I did not expect that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, nothing but fire there. All right, but let's see what do we have here. Okay, who is your first geek crush? My first Zena. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah Zena. I do not. I don't know why her her eyes, man. I just got like was growing up as a kid. My sisters would be like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Um, but like, I was just like, well, I'd watch Xena and be like, look at her eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say, say something with her, like, oh, la, 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 something like that. <laughs> I thought no, you gonna... <laughs> no, just her eyes, man. Her eyes like were crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, not say Xena. Um, and that makes sense. Cause I mean, you know, I just started becoming, I was entering my teenage years. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this we give we're giving you pretty hard ones, but uh, if any character in any medium, uh, like movies, TV, film, has any character's death hurt you very, very badly? Uh, for example, Bambi. Uh, for some people, yes, that hurt them. Uh, no, I mean, look, you know, grown to embrace Bambi, you know. So Bambi, you know, like you know what? I'm a sensitive soul, so you know, oh, I'm shoot, I love Bambi. So like, you know, that's, you know, as far as like growing up as a kid and, and, and that being the thing that was, I was made fun, uh, fun of with, uh, yeah, that like for a long time, I couldn't let that go. But like, so, I mean, I guess that would have been the candidate. Um, but, um, but as far as like, yeah, but as far as like anyone that hurt me, not me personally, no, not me personally. Now, hurt as far as, like, you mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, you watch any of these movies, you know, what Scar did to Mufasa, like, you know, you just brought up Mufasa, what Scar did to Mufasa, you know, into, um, into uh, Simba, you know, make him, make, make him feel like he killed his own father. Come on, man. Some foul you know, shit, man. That's, that's foul. foul. That's foul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's foul. I saw I saw a great tweet the other day when somebody was like, "Look, somebody out here singing about how much he wants to be king, and Star just helped it along." So I don't know why he mad. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know, you know why he's so he mad. You over, over there singing in the key of E? Yeah. You want to be king? You know what I'm saying? King. <laughs> Doing you a favor? Yeah, I just put that bitch on forty five. You know, you know what I'm saying? Got you, got you to the good part. You. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are so wrong. All right. All right. Just two more. Just two more. And we'll be out of here. All right. Done. All right. Go ahead. Here it is. Comic books or hip hop. One got to go. The entirety of it all. What do you choose? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know what? 
Nah, see, hold on now. But I have to say this. A lot of your favorite hip-hop artists were heavily influenced by comics. Yep. Heavily. Heavy. Mm -hmm. So you take out comics, you've taken out a lot of creative inspiration. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of it. You know? Um, Dang. I'm a blues guy anyway. So I'm going to say comics. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say hip-hop. I'm going to say hip-hop. So uh, so so you're getting rid of hip-hop. I got, I, cause I, I, cause I'm a blues guy anyway. The blues ain't, so now I'm gonna sound like an old dude. I'm gonna be like, hey, listen, ain't no hip hop, ain't no hip hop without the blues. Yeah. <laughs> facts. Also facts, but yep. Okay. Thank you. Hip hop gone. All right. Hip hop, hip hop ain't nothing gonna be. <laughs> facts. <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> uh, last one. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Any one superpower, what would it be? It would be um I I mean I'm I'm a big fan of uh you know having having had the chance to voice Martian Manhunter. Um you know I'm a big fan of um of you know, uh, you know well shape shifting. But then I started thinking about his power set. I'm like, I'm a big fan of that too. He's got everything. He's basically Superman uh, and then and then more. Yeah, more, like a hundred times more. A hundred times yeah. more, you know. Um, but um, but the shape shifting, I think, is the thing I like. Cause then I've always liked sort of like when I see somebody being able to like just like um, you know, because you know, everyone that does this thing where they people watch. You know, mm-hmm. when they, you know, sit at the park bench and they people watch and you, you know, you sort of observe people when they're walking by. And then when they're walking, the thing I like to do is try to see the world through their eyes as they're walking, you know, and yeah. see sort of their perspective, like things that they're, you know, that, that they're looking at, like in terms of their own purview, but then also how they might be seeing the world. Um, that's my favorite thing to do, uh, because how you perceive the world and then how the world um uh sort of response to you um is is based uh, it's you know based on a whole lot of factors that you may not be aware of you know in terms of you know in terms of how you look um how you talk you know how you sound you know how tall you are how short you are how you know all of these th- mm-hmm. you know how people do you know based on their own uh, preconceived perceptions of uh, who you are based on all of those statistics that surround you, um, which I find fascinating and sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess, the actor, the, the, uh, the creator in me that wants to sort of explore what that is, to sort of uh, explore um, the different, um, you know, uh, the different uh, skin uh, or you know, lack for, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lack for a better term. Um, you know, what would it be to, you know, to be, uh, you know, a uh, uh, black female? What would it be to be, uh, you know, an, an Asian male? What would it be? Just different things, you know, just like in the world and, 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 and from many different points of view. Right. Uh, so I think shape-shifting would be interesting. And I think that's partly why I think it's very interesting that they made, um, in, in the more recent uh, years, you know, since Carl Lumley voiced him, they made Martian Manhunter, uh, you know, as John Jones, an African-American. Black man, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Black man. Always found, found 
found that very uh, as a choice. Um, you know, I have my own things about you know why that could be. Um, but for me, as far as what what's interesting is that if you're going to uh, learn about humanity and learn about uh, the world, uh, Earthlings, um, you find yourself sympathetic to a people. You would look at at the uh, plight of the African the the African American uh, uh, in this country one that you would um, explore. But then also, uh, if you want to be invisible um, in many ways, mm. um, that is that is um, that is another way of being invisible. In, mm. that's a deeper that's a deeper uh, you know uh, you know thought process when it comes to it. Uh, but I just I mean I just find it fascinating that why 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 has that been the, the the, the choice it might have been they just did it because they, they need a black character and it's easy to you know bring more diversity but i actually feel like there's um it just it just deepened that story even more doing that mm. right. no yeah. i think i think you hit it on the nail there and also because you know when you get into the manhunter's history he comes mm-hmm. from Mars where there's the green and the white Martians and there's a lot of yeah. civil war and strife between those two races. So I think he would naturally identify with, you know, the plight of people of color. So I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's why they did that. And I think you hit yeah. it on the nail, man. I, like we've been saying, you know, straight bars, you know, from the beginning of this yes. interview to the I end, try. man. You know, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank no, you. Thank you so much for joining us here. Please let the internets know where they can find you at out there. Uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Niambi. That's uh, N as in Nancy, Y as in yellow, A as in Ardbark, M as in Mary, B as in basketball, I as in idiot. <laughs> not an idiot. I knew y'all gonna think icon and intelligent. See, it takes it takes an it takes an icon with intelligence to say idiot. There you anyway. go. There you go. Bars. Bars. <laughs> thank right. you guys. No, thank you so much. Uh we're gonna take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more of the show. And what's up, y'all? Welcome back. And, you know, just try to thank the brother Nyambi Nyambi. Yo. For stopping through, dropping yet another fire interview. Fire interviews. I just know, no, no, you know, just fire interviews. Nothing but hot shit over here at the For All Nerds show. Thank you very much for dropping through for that interview. Um, as always, y'all, make sure you are subscribed on all those various platforms out there like iTunes, SoundCloud. Leave a five-star rating, hit a comment, you know, tell us what you thought of that interview, what you think of we this dope content that we bring you week after week after week, day in and day out. We doing it live out here, folks, so make sure you hit us up, leave a rating. If you would like to support the team, the fan fam, hit us up at Patreon dot com slash for all nerds 
We have several tiers, all kind of different stuff. You know, if you're of a certain tier, you can enter into our next segment. You can ask anything. Today, someone is finally abusing their power, as they should, in the geekly ask questions. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. We answer any and all listener questions. And like I said before, if you're on Patreon, you can abuse your power and ask anything (laughs) you want. And finally, someone has done that. (laughs) Respect to you for doing what had to be done. But what do we have up first tonight? So this comes from Statica Shakur, a.k.a. Tuxedo Flask, Mm. a.k.a. Archambendroid, a.k.a. Sunflower Seed Samurai, a.k.a. Hawk and Dove Soap, a.k.a. Poison Ivy. Pulled it together at the end. Ark and Ben Joy, because that's the you know that's a reference from Nicki Minaj. Oh, okay, yep, I get it now. Yeah, it took me a second. That's why I sang it. Like I like I actually like Sunflower Seed Samurai, even though I don't get it. I just like how it sounds. I feel like that's an actual character in an anime, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm imagining things or, or conflating memories. But okay. um, I fucked that's with fu- Poison Ivory. Yeah, Poison Ivory is incredible. I can't yeah. believe nobody's ran that before. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's unique. So keep that, keep that. Yeah. All right, the question goes, since most folks are locked in and catching up on media, like TV shows, movies, books, comics, etc., I want to know, what group of characters would you choose to be locked in with and in what setting? This question came about from them um, when they were watching X-Men Evolution and they were thinking about how clutch it would be to send Nightcrawler for groceries. <laughs> Cold-blooded. That's actually smart as hell. Let's say I mean, that. why? Because unless he got a ro- unless he gonna rob them, he still got to wait in line. Is, but he don't got to stand outside with the Rona. For, for, he just got to be inside the grocery store with the Rona. Nah, so the <laughs> nigga shoot him when he pops in there. His black ass, like, as soon as he teleports inside. <laughs> but he's like blue. Why is he's he's like, close, close enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Um, he look like a demon. Come on, fam. He getting he shot. He do like... like- well, the, yeah. well, we're, well, listen, well, I was going to say this is in a world where we know mutants exist, but we see how mutants get treated, so I don't know. Yeah, yep, that world never works out for them. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> see, now I'm just like, damn, because I was going to say, yeah, Nightcrawler, but I don't know. Um, what characters would I choose to be locked in? Mm. I mean, people who can entertain me, people who, a character who, characters are people who, um, just work well. Well, see, like, for example, I wouldn't want Deadpool in there, right? Because even though Deadpool's funny, he would get on my freaking yeah, nerves. No. Um, but people who are smart, who are funny, who could potentially provide entertainment value at the same time being valuable partners or cohorts during this pandemic. Peter Parker. Okay. Peter Parker's great. And I'm talking about Tom Holland, Peter Parker. I go with Peter, you know, if Aunt May came along. Um <laughs> Uh, I you know uh, I'd also I mean Wakanda's too easy right is that just too easy? What the whole of Wakanda? Like, yes, you can't just yes. Take all of Wakanda. Yes, I'm going home. Well, first baby. of all, if, if, <laughs> first of all, if we was in all of Wakanda, we wouldn't have the situation right no, now. No, not at all. None of this. In so. fact, that we might have we might have a vaccine and all that by now. Yeah, so. yeah, easily. It wouldn't be an issue. So I guess Wakanda is a valid answer in terms of it would just be the end of all this madness. Yeah. I would say uh, the characters from Wicked and Divine, because that shit would be lit, but you would also probably end up dead, mm. so it might not be that lit, but, it, but it'd be <laughs> it lit be before that, that you know, and like before it went down, it'd be lit. 
So yeah, I drew with them. Um, and uh, it's like hmm. there's so many characters that would just are. Here's the thing: the reason why I'm hesitant on this question is because there's so many characters that I love and fuck with, but I know they'd be a problem in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very concerned about these names that I'm throwing out there because I'm just like, I, like I think about somebody, I'm like, oh wait, no, they might kill me, or oh wait, no, some interdimensional demon might pop out. 90% of them, you're dying. Like, even, like, I was thinking, the, I was thinking, like, the Justice League. And that'd be terrible. You know, like, yeah. you locked down with Superman, Flash, Batman's crazy ass, Wonder Woman, you know. You know, it's, Ben Ami wants to be with Wakabi. His boy, Wakabi. Nah, nah, see, I can't, nah, Wakabi, I can't trust. I, I want Shuri and um Nakia. Okay, That's who Nakia, I want to kick yeah. it with. Yeah, yeah I want to kick it with Shuri. You know, she can show me some dope tech. We can just be chilling, you know, playing video <laughs> games and shit, 3D TVs, all that, you know. Riri Williams, then, for sure. There you go. Yes. Riri Williams. Yes. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh, that's a good one. But see, yeah. the dinosaur, though? Hell yeah. Because she got, you know, the dinosaur cool with her. And if she cool with me, we all tight. She can build all the tech. You got and then room the for that? And then the dinosaur, you know, he's solving any problem. We got room now because we got a dinosaur. You making room for us. <laughs> Somebody moving out. Gentrification in reverse Excellent. is happening. I'm taking Brooklyn back, baby. <laughs> Heard you. Taking Brooklyn back one dinosaur at a time. One dinosaur at a time, folks. Oh, man. I would roll right up on this condo that's on my corner. All right. The next question. <laughs> right up on it with my dinosaur. Ne- oh, my God. <laughs> you like my dinosaur? Next question. <laughs> Moving on. Next question comes from Danya Daps. Did I say that right? Um... Donnie Daps. Yes, uh, shout out to uh, the other H.U. I mean, I know of you, Donnie. I just never understood how to pronounce your name. But anyway. Yeah, the other H.U. Well, your at name. But anyway, what are some of y'all's favorite character upgrades from any medium? For example, Bucky to Winter Soldier. Ooh. That's a good one. It's a good one. Hmm. I always like Iron Man, especially as a kid. Iron Man, because he has has so many upgrades. Yeah, and in the MCU, they do it so well. I can't lie. Because like, as a kid, that was always my shit when he got a new armor. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, he got this new armor. What's the capabilities of it? Da, 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 da. And in the MCU, they do it so slick. Like, in yes. the first Avengers, when he falls out of the... Well, not falls. When he gets thrown out of that window, and then that armor wraps around him, is like one of my favorite moments, you know, in the movies, all of them. Like, Fantastic. Yeah. I, I my first go to was also Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Just all of the different Mark versions of his armor, mm-hmm. Hulk Buster, like all of that mm-hmm. shit is just insanity. So I really mess with that. Um, and I feel like the the things that I'm thinking of upgrades when it comes to other characters are more more so just new um, costumes, not necessarily upgrades. Mm. New costumes, new hair, shit like that. So. Like I'm thinking of Storm and all her different iterations of costumes. Mm. So I don't so that's not necessarily an upgrade. I mean she's already as as if we're going by Fox Omega level. So um, Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. But I, I mean Mohawk Storm is an upgrade. Um mm. Yeah. I also will throw in two real quick are like Immortal Hulk, you know, the change up from that they've shown in Immortal Hulk, how they've expanded on his powers and everything that's about him is mm. definitely an upgrade. 
and House of X, Powers of X, because yeah, of how yeah. they redefine what mutants are. Yeah. The the upgrade of Moria, there's that alone. That's probably the greatest this is facts. upgrade of all time. Yeah. This is facts. This is facts. Moria right. alone. A, a regular like, Degular has been upgraded to beyond capacity, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of the illest characters now, one of the illest stories. Like, no. Yeah, that's it. Great question, though. Well, that's the end of the guac. But if you have a question similar to this, maybe it's a life question, personal question, or maybe you have a question about geek or pop culture, hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com. Or you can hit us up on the interwebs at forallnerds on all social media. And if you are on a special tier of Patreon, as Ben Amin mentioned earlier, you may attempt to abuse your <laughs> privilege uh, and send us a guac question anytime. We will get it. We will read it and let you know our thoughts. Thank you, as always, for all those questions. You know, you can hit us up anytime. We answer any and everything as you see. And, yeah, I got a question real quick. Okay. What? And no spoilers for everybody out there. I am uh, not finished with it yet. But what is the mood of Final Fantasy VII Remake supposed to be? (laughs) I mean, when I taught this game jumps from here to there, from, (laughs) from horror to comedy to a love story, to Cloud straight up ignoring everything. Like, Cloud has right. no emotion about anything that's going on. Right. You know, from the love right. to the horror, he cares nothing. It's all about right. the dollar for Cloud, and I love that. <laughs> the dollar. Yeah. All about the gills. It's all yeah, about, about the gills. All, all about, about the gills, gills yo. My man cares about nothing but the gills. He's like, as long as I get paid, I'll do whatever. You know, as long as <laughs> I get paid. Ooh, OnlyFans time. So, I mean, time. I mean, my man put on the dress. You know, he was ready. You know, like Cloud has done a lot in this game so far. Like OnlyFans, Demon Time, it he down for it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you okay, ain't seen well, the dance? Oh, he had a whole dance battle. Look, my- oh, no, I know. I've seen all of yes. it. I've seen all of it. Yeah. I've seen all of it. So. Um, I agree. The total, the total moods and changes and swings, if you will, of this series is um interesting to say the least. It's a choice. Yep. That said, you know, a lot of this stuff has already been there. Like, yes, there's some stuff that they've amplified or mm-hmm. pulled back on, whatever case may be. And we, there's still more to go. There's still more discs that are going to be released. Yep. Um, but I agree with you. Like, the mood was all over the damn place. And like I said, I don't know if it's because it's 2020 and we're just now really noticing all this or is it because or did we just not realize what was going on back when it originally released um i i I call this uh this game is very um well final fantasy series in general square enix beyond one number one um you have you're fighting a fucking house at one point you're fighting some radiator slash car wearing shoes at another point like just the things that they use as 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 enemies is just just a just a small example of how left uh, the, the mood is when it comes to Final Fantasy. And similar to what you're saying about not knowing if it's a comedy, a drama, this or that, one thing that I notice is that it oscillates between being very humanizing and then clearly being very supernatural. So like. You know, like, oh, Tifa falling off of, you know, some some roof thing and almost breaking her fucking neck. Right. But then in the next scene, she's summoning Leviathan or something. So it's just like, which one is is it? Uchi Wally or is it one mic? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the, 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 the utter um, melodrama, dramatic, just the over the top for anything that happens. Like, I'm at this yeah. point where at one point this bridge falls apart and Cloud almost falls to his doom. They... Tifa and Eris save him, 
And then it's like, what was the point of that? Because it's like, they, you know, like they saved him. <laughs> I know what him. you're talking about. I know that's Yeah, there's just like no point for, I mean, it was like, this, like, oh shit, Cloud. No, no, they're yeah. going to save him. All right. I, I, I mean, Final Fantasy at the end of the day, especially Seven, it's very Japanese. It's very anime. It's yeah. very manga. It's very shonen. It's very, it's very everything that's like very distinctly not Western yes. culture. All thrown into one Man, game at one time. At one time. Yeah. With so, no shame. Um, it's a lot. I, I still fucks with it. It's just a lot. And it's funny because my cousin was like, uh, he wanted to try it. And I'm like, have you ever played a Final Fantasy game? And he was like, no. I was like, ooh, buddy, I don't know. See, I've never <laughs> like, played one either. I never, I never want to stop anybody from trying the game. I just want to just give them, again, preface them. Like, hey, by the way, this might not make sense. <laughs> this might be a little strange when you first get into it. You might yep. enjoy it, especially if you've never played an RPG before. But at the same time, it's a little, it can be weird. See, I've played Japanese RPGs before, especially I used to play this joint way back east. Uh, uh, it was it was like a straight translation. They put it on Turbo Graphics, and that joint was like this, where it's just super weird and super Japanese. And of course, it was super old school, so it wasn't so like developed like this one is, where you know the graphics and everything are so amazing. But then it is just like insanely goofy, and the twists and turns that it tastes are just so crazy. But no, I'm in love with this. I've never played a one of these games and wow. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. Like it is, I mean, Aerith is my bitch. Like, first of all, you know, ain't nobody, you know, I've, well, that's everybody. I've heard name. rumors that, you know, bad things happen and I don't want to hear about yeah. it because I love me some <laughs> Aerith. Um, well, you're going to be disappointed. Don't, um. don't spoil, don't, like, hey, 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 quiet. Yeah. I will be quiet. I'm I, mean, I love Tifa too. Like Tifa be putting them hands. Oh my Tifa God. Was- them First of hands. all, Tifa's ghetto as hell. Tifa yeah. is ghetto. And them hands, yo. Ghetto. Tifa come with them hands, boy. So here goes Cloud. I, I'm here with a with, with a Buster sword. Here goes everybody else. I got magic. Oh, I got a Gatling gun for a hand. Yeah. Here comes Tifa. I got these hands. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> she puts some hands on you, boy. I love it. So I, I'm no, I love the game. The action is dope. I'm not really. The story is so ridiculous that I'm not sure if I'm really feeling it or not, but. It's well, interesting and it's hilarious, so I'm going the, along the with it. The eco-terrorist story. Yeah, the eco-terrorist <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. Cloud having to do a dance routine and, you know, yeah. like this dude telling him that ignore gender, it's all about beauty. Like, I love that stuff. You know, I love like... Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's I love like, all that, you know, because it's so it's over that, the top with it. Yeah, it's just that a lot of the pieces don't fit with each other mm-hmm. in like a normal, quote-unquote, normal narrative. As now you've learned, Final Fantasy is not normal. No. I was mad that I didn't get to fight in the dress. When I when Cloud put on the dress, I really wanted him to throw down while wearing the dress. Yeah, I was really upset you know. about that. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to do the work to, to do the different animation because he's in the dress. Oh, that's so, so weak. Because I wanted him to throw down with the buster sword. Fan 